Funding for Here and Now Anytime comes from MathWorks, creators of MATLAB and Simulink software, accelerating the pace of engineering and science. Learn more at MathWorks.com. Hi, this is Here and Now Anytime, where we give you a little news, a little something you weren't expecting, and always a fresh, in-depth perspective on current events, arts and culture, and stories that matter. Subscribe or follow to get all our episodes out every weekday. And if you like what you hear, tell a friend about us to help spread the word. Now here's the show. I am incredibly disappointed that people have chosen politics over the lives of the families, the farmers, the ranchers, and folks living every day in Southern Arizona. Kirsten Cinema, just one of the senators frustrated as a border bill slips through their fingers. Wednesday, February 7th, and this is Here and Now Anytime from NPR and WBUR Boston. I'm Chris Bentley. Today on the show, new polling from NPR shows what issues matter most to voters this election season, and one of the leading makers of CPAP devices to treat sleep apnea is pulling out of the U.S. market after defective machines were linked to serious illnesses and more than 500 deaths. The company had received thousands of warnings about this very problem in the years before the recall, but failed to warn its customers or to turn over these warnings to the government. That story coming up in about 15 minutes. But first, our political strategists roundtable will discuss what last night's failed impeachment vote against Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas means for Republican House leadership. There were plenty of spectacular failures to go around yesterday, in Congress and on the 2024 campaign trail. The House rejected two measures hyped by Republicans, aid for Israel, and that impeachment of Secretary Mayorkas, which, by the way, went down by the narrowest of margins after Texas Democrat Al Green was wheeled in from the hospital post-surgery to vote no. And then there's Nikki Haley who says her presidential campaign is full steam ahead, despite losing the Nevada primary to none of these candidates. Alice Stewart is a Republican strategist. Bill Press is a Democrat. They spoke with Deepa Fernandez and Robin Young. It sounds like Kirsten Cinema had been trying hard for days not to criticize Republicans like Marjorie Taylor Greene, who just, you know, been parroting what Trump had told them to say about the bill they hadn't even read at certain points. Don't vote for this bill. But Connecticut Democrat Chris Murphy did not hesitate on the Senate floor yesterday, saying Republicans backed away from a border security deal they pushed and negotiated for for months because Trump said it would be good for Democrats, bad for Republicans in an election year. They want to pretend they never asked for a bipartisan border bill because what they actually want is chaos because that's what Donald Trump says he wants. What the hell just happened? This deal would have shut down the border if migration levels got too high. It would toughen the asylum process and end what Republicans have called catch and release. 41% of voters in a new NPR poll say they want border security increased. Do you think it's possible that Trump miscalculated or is he, you know? Totally, totally, totally. Well, first, I do want I appreciate your context for that yesterday was a day from hell for Republicans in Congress, right? So... They belly flopped, uh, failed totally to impeach Mayorkas as Secretary Mayorkas. They 
failed to pass their own standalone aid for Israel bill. And then they killed the, uh, their own border bill that Republicans had negotiated. And we have to understand, Robin, this is something Republicans said, the border is an existential crisis. We won't help Ukraine and Israel unless we do something at the border. They won that battle. Then they said, here are all the things we need on the border. They won that battle. Mitch McConnell supported it. They won that battle. The Border Patrol Union, which is a Trump union, supported it. The Chamber of Commerce supported it. And then Republicans voted no because, as you pointed out, and Republicans have openly said they didn't want to vote for it because Donald Trump didn't like it and because they didn't want to do anything that would help Joe Biden so he could sign a bipartisan bill. Response to your question, you bet Joe Biden is going to take this issue and run with it. And he'll be able to say, I wanted to fix the border. I promised I would close the border. But Republicans wouldn't go along with it, and he will run ads with their own voices Mm. saying that very point. Bill, Mm. let me ask you, though. Yesterday, you're right, President Biden scoffed at Republicans, who says he was caving to pressure from Trump. (sighs) Afraid of Donald Trump. Every day between now and November, the American people are going to know that the only reason the border is not secure is Donald Trump and his MAGA Republican friends. But, Bill, let me ask you, progressives are irate with him for being able to give away too much to make this deal, selling out some groups of immigrants at the expense of others, saying it's it's un-American to not welcome asylum seekers. Do you believe that that Biden will be able to seize this moment and turn it to his advantage without turning off a large part of his base? Uh, Totally, totally, Deepa, because in the end choice, it's going to be Joe Biden versus Donald Trump. And you're right. Some people on the left, myself included, aren't happy with all the aspects of this bill. But this is this is pragmatic politics. This is bipartisan politics. And but Joe Biden clearly has the upper hand again because he has Republicans, starting with Mitch McConnell, Mm. who is blaming Republicans and Donald Trump for the defeat of this bill, not Joe Biden. It's politics at its worst. Well, Alice, I'm going to bring you back in, uh, mentioning uh, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell. Republican senators like Ted Cruz are openly questioning his leadership. He wanted the aid. Cruz did the border deal. He hasn't spoken to Trump. Uh, uh, This is McConnell. How do you see him, McConnell, navigating the months ahead? It's going to be difficult. There's no question about it, Robin. And this is, as Kirsten Sinema said, a classic case of politics getting in the way of good policy. Republicans have been asking for some type of progress for uh, securing the border and immigration reform for years. And now that there is a bipartisan plan on the table, uh, they won't take yes for an answer. And uh, former President Trump had made it quite clear that he would uh, rather have 100 percent and a perfect bill than what they have on the table. And I think that's a huge mistake. Uh, because we cannot let the perfect be the enemy of the good. And incremental immigration reform and border security is the best way to go about uh, having ultimate uh, border security. Mm-hmm. And and for us to let the former president uh, really dictate the terms of what is a, a bipartisan border plan is a tremendous mistake. And we can't also forget the fact that this isn't uh, only Republicans who have problems with this. The uh, Hispanic caucus has concerns about the proposal on the table, given there's not protections for dreamers in the, the pending legislation, and they want to see that. So uh, my take on this is there should not have been uh, outright uh, 
denouncing of this bill before we saw what the text was. There should have been uh, releasing the text and then further negotiations. But so, the problem is uh, Republicans are heck bent on no, and there's others that on the Democratic side that have problems as well. So, so Alice, help us put a little context on the, the failure to impeach Alejandro Mayorkas, which, which seemed for Mike Johnson, the, the new House Speaker, to be something he really wanted to put this feather in his cap. But here's what Johnson said to reporters this morning. Last night was a setback, but democracy is messy. We live in a time of divided government. Uh, We have a razor-thin margin here, and every vote counts. Sometimes uh, when you're counting votes and people show up when they're not expected to be in the building, it changes the equation. So Johnson failed to muster the votes, clearly, to pass a standalone measure, uh, also to send aid to Israel. What do you make of all this? Look, uh, I've always thought that... uh, having a difference of agreement on, on policy is not grounds for impeachment. And Republicans, in my mind, uh, were wasting a lot of valuable time on, on this effort. But uh, what we saw with failure to seek the number of votes necessary to go forward with the impeachment goes to show Republicans need to learn how to whip and count votes much better. But to their uh, defense or to their credit, this is not uh, completely dead. Uh, the failure to have enough votes was in large part due to uh, the razor-thin uh, majority and the fact that Steve Scalise was not there. And it, it can't go without noting that uh, Representative Blake Moore, he's the vice chair of the GOP conference, he actually voted no just before the vote closed, which was a procedural move that allows the conference to bring this back up on the floor at a later date. So my guess is that once we have more Republicans back in D.C. and they are healthy, uh, I expect to see this measure come up yet again. Uh, whether or not there's the votes to, to move forward with this remains to be seen. Okay. Well, Alice, i got to ask you. Oh, Bill, go ahead. Weigh in. Well, I just have to say, this is, first of all, I agree with Alice. Uh, you don't impeach for policy differences. We never have. We never should. But this is a stunning defeat and a show that MAGA Mike, if you want to call him that, doesn't really know how to govern. Listen, I never worked in the Congress. I worked in the California legislature. The first lesson I learned is you never bring anything into a committee or on the floor unless you know you have the votes. That's one governing 101. Uh, and I think this just shows that uh, Mike Johnson is not ready for prime time. Well, Alice, I do have to ask you, though, we have the campaign trail. We only got a couple minutes here. But, you know, we, we see in Nevada uh, the huge confusion between the caucus and the primary. And I don't, I don't think it was reported as much as it might have been that, you know, the party leaders, the GOP leaders in Nevada who had created the situation that helped Donald Trump, he got all the delegates because of the way they set it up, were also people who had been accused of trying to throw him the election last time. Look, tomorrow, you're going to have the Supreme Court hearing arguments on whether Trump should remain on the ballot for trying to overturn the 2020 election results. Yesterday, an appeals court ruled he's not immune from prosecution in other big cases. Two huge moments. What are you thinking as you watch this unfold, Alice Stewart? Look, there are a lot of people in the Republican primary that will uh, support Donald Trump regardless of whether or not uh, he loses these legal battles or not. And they view the election process and Donald Trump's actions as uh, weaponization of the DOJ and overzealous prosecutors going after him uh, due to they see him as a major threat to Joe Biden. But the uh, unfortunate aspect of what we have in Nevada was that uh, Nikki Haley uh, resoundingly lost in, in the primary yesterday to, quote, none of these candidates. 
which is uh, mm-hmm. an effort under Donald Trump's team to uh, have people come out and vote for people, anybody but Nikki Sure, Haley. it was and, a setup. And the reality is it, it, it's, it's politically meaningless, given that there were no uh, uh, delegates on the ballot. But from a headline standpoint, it goes to show that she uh, suffered an embarrassing well, loss. But just, i got to bring Bill in, because you only have a couple seconds, Bill. Take I just it. have to say, Nevada's meaningless. What's meaningful is the immunity decision yesterday, where this ju- the panel of judges said Donald Trump, President Trump, is now citizen Trump. Yeah. He is not above the law. That has huge, huge okay. consequences. Wrapping it up with here now political strategist Alice Stewart, Bill Press. Too bad there's nothing going on. Thank you both. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank Thanks. you. Well, deal or no deal? Immigration is likely to remain a big issue for Republican voters in this election. After the break, Deepa digs into brand new polling data from NPR. Stick around. This message comes from NPR sponsor Viore, a new perspective on performance apparel. Clothing designed with premium fabrics, built to move in, styled for life. For 20% off your first purchase, go to viore.com slash NPR. Support for NPR and the following message come from Rosetta Stone, the perfect app to achieve your language learning goals no matter how busy your schedule gets. It's designed to maximize study time with immersive 10-minute lessons and audio practice for your commute. Plus, tailor your learning plan for specific objectives like travel. Get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off and unlimited access to 25 language courses. Learn more at rosettastone.com NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Progressive Insurance, where drivers who switch could save hundreds on car insurance. Get your quote at Progressive.com today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. President Joe Biden and former President Donald Trump are nearly deadlocked in a statistical tie among voters nationally. That's according to a new poll out this morning from NPR, PBS NewsHour and Marist. But what are the key issues driving voters in this election? For a closer look at what matters to the polled voters, we're joined by NPR political editor and correspondent Domenico Montanaro. Welcome. Hey, glad to be here. So, Domenico, what did voters say were their top priorities in this election? Well, what really rose to the top when we asked people what was top of mind when they think about voting this November was preserving democracy. Um, Inflation followed that as well as immigration. But when you break it down by party, very different views. Democracy rose to the top for Democrats very principally. Um, Inflation followed that. Nothing else was very close. Um, For Republicans, it was immigration that really stood out uh, and then inflation after that. It really explains why the candidates are messaging the way they are. I mean we see President Biden and Democrats who say that uh, former President Trump is the threat to democracy. Trump, on the other hand, focusing on immigration, which is really the unifying gel of the Republican Party right now. And tell us in this poll, were there more or less kind of equal amounts of Republicans and Democrats, maybe some independents in there? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a national sample of about 1,500 uh, adults, and it's a match to the uh, census data. So uh, to, to make it a margin of error, roughly three, three and a half percent or so. Okay, let's dig into immigration. What It's been a major issue on Capitol Hill. What do voters say they care about when it comes to immigration? 
Well, border security is top of the list for uh, people overall, but again, very different priorities by party. For Republicans, it's more hardline. They want border security and they want a uh, focus on deportations. For Democrats, it's a little bit softer. They want uh, to uh, be able to see a path for legalization for uh, people who had been brought to the United States as children, so-called dreamers, um, and being able to let the United States be open to refugees who are suffering under war and uh, poverty or political strife in their countries. So, you know, you see there, because of that, very difficult to sort of find any kind of real uh, unifying way to get mm. comprehensive immigration reform in this country. Yeah, Domenico, there is a bipartisan deal in the Senate, which, as we were hearing elsewhere on our program, is essentially dead. Uh, and, you know, many... Democrats are pointing to the Republicans saying, you want this, you got it, and now you're killing it. Does the poll help us understand why Republicans, especially former President Donald Trump, uh, might have such a strong opposition to what was agreed upon by a bipartisan group of senators? Yeah, I mean, aside from the fact that they have different priorities, you know, this is a deal this time that gave Republicans most of what they wanted. It was a more hardline bill uh, because President Biden wanted to pass Ukraine and Israel aid. But the big wrench, like you noted in this whole thing, was uh, former President Trump who came out against this, not wanting to give Biden a win, essentially. You know, Biden is struggling with the public on the issue of immigration. It's one of his worst issues that are polled. The poll found that uh, just 29% approve of his handling of immigration. And Republicans have a 12-point advantage on which party would be better uh, on this issue. So clearly something that Trump and a lot of House Republicans want to be able to use politically. Mm. Paul also looked at the issue of presidential immunity. A federal appeals court ruled yesterday that Trump isn't immune from federal prosecution for things he did while in office. Now, we should note the poll was taken before this ruling, but respondents had some very interesting things to say on the issue. Tell us more. Yeah, I mean, you're right. It's before the judges ruled, but it doesn't influence it at all because two-thirds of people say that Trump should not be immune from prosecution, um, which is pretty notable. On the other hand, two-thirds of Republicans say he should. And that's just two different realities mm -hmm. and very different views for a primary and a general election audience and really tells you why Trump is doing so well in a primary but, you know, is – tied with Biden in the polling, despite Biden's, um, you know, vulnerabilities uh, in a head-to-head -head matchup. I mean, I guess that also says that Trump's legal problems might not be an issue for some voters. Well, for some, I mean, it depends on how far those issues go. You know, as it is right now, nine in 10 Republicans think that the investigations are unfair and just meant to try and stop Trump's electoral prospects. 93% of Republicans support him in a head-to-head -head against Biden. They're tied in this poll, Biden and Trump, which advantages Trump, by the way, in the Electoral College. But if he's convicted, if Trump is convicted, Biden jumps out to a six-point lead because of big shifts with women, suburban voters, and independents, and even Republicans would drop slightly by five points. And, and despite the fact that Trump is facing so many legal uh, court cases, Biden is underperforming with key groups, according, according to voters in, in your poll. Where is he lagging? Yeah, I mean, most notably with younger voters, with non-white voters, younger voters, 18 to 29, only give him a 30 percent approval rating, which is very difficult for him to be able to keep this sort of fractured coalition together. And Latinos, just 27 percent, give him a, a, a proof of his handling on immigration, for example. OK, NPR political editor and correspondent Domenico Montanaro, thank you. Yeah, you're so welcome. Coming up, maybe you know someone who's used a CPAP machine to treat sleep apnea. 
Those are the face masks you strap on to help you breathe when you sleep. Well, if you do, you might also know someone who was affected by a major recall by one of the leading makers of CPAP machines. When we return, Deepa hears how a medical device promising relief for a debilitating condition actually made things a lot worse. That's after the break. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Teladoc Health. There are lots of reasons for wanting to be healthy. Family, work, living a fuller life. Teladoc Health understands. Whether you have diabetes, high blood pressure, or just need to manage your weight, Teladoc Health can help. Visit TeladocHealth.com slash What's Your Why for more information. That's T-E-L-A-D-O-C Health slash What's Your Why. This message comes from NPR sponsor Progressive. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit their website to get a quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, and their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. Then just choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. This message comes from NPR sponsor Mint Mobile. From the gas pump to the grocery store, inflation is everywhere. So Mint Mobile is offering premium wireless starting at just $15 a month. To get your new phone plan for just $15, go to mintmobile.com slash switch. A widely used medical device that promised people with sleep apnea the chance to rediscover dreams as they actually sleep, instead had them breathing black particles linked to cancer, respiratory diseases and hundreds of deaths. Now, one of the leading makers of these CPAP machines that millions of Americans strap onto their faces to help them sleep is pulling them off the market. ProPublica's Debbie Senzipper is here to tell us more. She's part of a years-long ongoing investigation into this by ProPublica and the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Hi, Debbie. Good afternoon. Debbie, let's start with why these commonly used breathing devices are in fact harmful. What have you heard from patients who use these faulty devices? How were people harmed? Well, we've heard from patients across the country, as well as medical experts and scientists. And what was discovered um, by this company, uh, Philips Respironics, as well as the Food and Drug Administration, is that millions of sleep apnea machines and ventilators were um, fitted with an industrial foam to reduce the noise and the rattling that these machines make at night. And that foam was found to degrade, to actually crumble in heat Mm. and humidity and release potentially toxic particles and fumes into the masks worn by Mm. patients, often for hours at a time and for years at a time. The patients that were using these machines included some very vulnerable people, including infants and the elderly, pregnant women, and even COVID patients. Mm, And, you know, vomiting, dizziness, headaches, also newly diagnosed cancers of the lungs and the throat and the sinus and the esophagus. I heard one man in Philadelphia cough so hard he broke his ribs. Why, tell me, Debbie, the company Philips Respironics, it went through a recall of these devices a few years ago. Why didn't that solve the problem? 
That's a great question. And we we also interviewed people with, you know, all of those conditions that you described and tracked thousands of reported cases of cancer and respiratory illnesses. And so what happened was the company recalled millions of machines in 2021. But what we found at ProPublica and the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette is that the company had received thousands of warnings about this very problem in the years before the recall, but failed to warn its customers or to turn over these warnings to the government, which they're required to do under federal law. And so when they announced this recall, it was among the largest and most disruptive medical device recalls of its kind in years. And you can imagine that millions of people who rely on these machines, not only to get a good night's sleep, but also to to breathe through the night, were really left in limbo. They were waiting on replacements from this company. The replacements were often delayed, and they just didn't know what to do, where to turn, how to get help. And at the same time, they were worried about the long-term impact on their health, or in some cases, dealing with an immediate impact. Mm. Okay, so so you've covered a lot there. I, I want to just ask, you know, if there's anything known about long-term or short-term impacts on people waiting so long to get these replacements, so they come off the market, and then what for the people who rely on them? Yeah, I mean, the science is still in its early stages, right? They're still trying to figure out what the long-term implications are. Philips has come out since the recall and essentially said, you know what, we're walking back our warnings. We actually think these machines are safe and that they don't Hmm. pose long-term health uh, impact to patients. The FDA is not convinced, and the FDA has asked Philips to do more testing. And so that back and forth, as I said, has really left patients with so many questions, and not just patients, but their doctors, right? It's been a a really confusing time, especially because the replacement machines that Philips has sent out – Um, in some cases showed through the company's own testing that they too were releasing dangerous chemicals. And so that has created another level of confusion uh, for, for so many people who rely on these machines to breathe. So tell me, Debbie, how did it come to this? There were multiple iterations of this device and years of complaints, as you told us, about its health effects. Why did it take so long for regulators to reach this, you know, to come to this stage? And, and tell me about the, the agreement that they have reached with, uh, sure. with Philips. Yeah, one of the things we found through our reporting at, at, at ProPublica and the Post-Gazette is that the company, while it held back thousands of warnings from patients and doctors and its own technicians in the years before the recall, did in fact forward several hundred of these warnings to the FDA, which is, of course, the federal agency that's supposed to protect the public in a, in a medical device crisis like this. And the FDA, um, you know, we don't know exactly what they did in the in the months and years before the recall when they received these warnings. But once Phillips announced the recall, you know, the FDA came out and put out some public alerts and safety communications and press releases. But 
the people that we speak to, and we traveled the country interviewing patients and their families, um, were just really left with so many questions to this day. What to do? Should they use the replacement devices? Should they not? And now Philips just um, a few days ago announced they're no longer going to sell sleep apnea machines or other respiratory devices in the United States. And they, they said that because they reached a proposed agreement with the Department of Justice, which is investigating this company. And so that announcement created even more stress and alarm among doctors and patients because now, you know, what do you do next that this major manufacturer Mm -hmm. is basically going to stop selling its devices in the U.S.? And and do you know anything about what's in that agreement or settlement that they reached? Well, we're anxiously uh, awaiting uh, information about it. So the Department of Justice and the FDA has not commented. And so all of this information is coming from Phillips. And so we're, we're, we're you know, anxious to see what, what comes out of that so-called consent decree. But we do know that the Justice Department launched an investigation in 2022 about the events leading up to the recall. What did this company know and when? So, Debbie, for people listening who who might rely on these devices, I imagine um, Philips leaving the market altogether might exacerbate shortages. Can you answer that question that you just posed a moment ago? What are people to do? Yeah, that is a terrific question, and everybody is asking it. Um, You know, it's interesting because after the recall in June 2021, of course, we were still in the throes of COVID, and um, there was a huge shortage of CPAP machines and sleep apnea machines because Philips, which is one of the, you know, major manufacturers in the U.S., was so busy working on replacement devices that new machines weren't weren't coming out. And so doctors were scrambling, the the VA, the Veterans Administration, they were all scrambling to find these life-saving devices. And the the truth is, I don't know what's going to happen now. I know Mm -hmm. that doctors are concerned and patients are concerned. I mean, think about it. People waited months, if not a year or more, to finally get a replacement device from Philips. And now they're being told the company is pulling their, you know, all new machines off the U.S. market. So there's really just so many questions right now. And and it raises also the question of just, you know, the role that regulators played. The Government Accountability Office says it's launching an inquiry into the FDA's oversight of, of all of this. You know, do you have any faith that, that the government is doing its job here on behalf of the people who rely on these machines? I think what members of Congress who called for that investigation and what longtime patient safety advocates say is that there are significant weaknesses in the government's surveillance, they call it, of post-market surveillance of medical devices, and that too often people are harmed uh, before the government uh, steps in. And that is the concerns that we have been hearing really since we started this investigation uh, many mm. months ago. Well, thank you so much for your work. That's ProPublica's Debbie Senzipper. And we'll link you to her investigation of faulty sleep apnea machines at hereandnow.org. Debbie, thank you. Thank you for having me. That's our show. It comes from the team behind Here and Now from NPR and WBUR Boston. 
Today's stories were produced by Lynn Menegon, Sam Rafelson, and me, Chris Bentley. Today's editors were Todd Bunt, Peter O'Dowd, Mikaela Rodriguez, and Kat Welch. Technical direction from Mike Moschetto and Caleb Green. Mike Moschetto also wrote our theme music, along with Max Liebman and me. Our digital producers are Allison Hagen and Grace Griffin. And the executive producer of Here and Now is Carlene Watson. Thanks for listening. We'll be back with you tomorrow. This message is brought to you by NPR sponsor, Lisa, in collaboration with West Elm. Discover the new natural hybrid mattress, expertly crafted from natural latex and certified safe foams, designed with your health and the planet in mind. Visit leesa.com to learn more. Support for NPR and the following message come from IXL Learning. IXL Learning uses advanced algorithms to give the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. Get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com NPR. All that sitting and swiping, your body is adapting to your technology. Learn how and what you can do about it. I really felt like the cloud in my brain kind of dissipated. Once I started realizing what a difference these little bricks were making, there's no turning back for me. Take NPR's Body Electric Challenge. Listen to the series wherever you get your podcasts.